Welcome to Illicit Liaisons, where every Tuesday we talk about the good, the bad, and the naughty of romance fiction. I'm Jenna Hart, a romance author and also the owner of Swoonworthy, H-E-A.com, a community where diehard romantics like me can meet together and talk about romance fiction. We've got groups and blogs and all sorts of things over there for you to come by and engage with other people who love romance fiction. If you are a reader, you could start a book blog there. If you're an author, you can start your own author blog there. There's all sorts of cool things going on. We have giveaways, this podcast, there's just lots of great stuff. So if you love romance fiction as much as I do, I hope that you will stop by. Creating a profile is free. Engaging in the groups and starting a group or a blog is free. So please stop by swoonworthyhea.com. Now today I want to talk about classic romance fiction. A couple of years ago, I did a video on this topic and it had come up because I'd come across a couple of websites that were listing, you know, the the best romance fiction um, or the most romantic couples uh, in the history. And going through the list, I noted that many of the books on the list do not actually technically meet the requirements for romance fiction as we have it today or as it appears in the romance fiction section of your bookstore. These are definitely classic books, classic being old and also being highly recognized bits of literature. Um, but most of these books end badly. There was only a couple, Jane Eyre and Pride and Prejudice, that ended happily. And so we've got Romeo and Juliet and and all sorts of other things, other couples, other pieces of fiction that just ends badly, sometimes tragically. And in that video, I kind of discuss is that what makes them classic and revered or not? I'm actually going to go ahead and play the audio of that interview so you can kind of hear my thoughts at the time. And when I'm done with that, talking about what what is the definition of classic romance and does it have to end badly, I then want to talk about the romances that are written now. In a hundred years, are any of them going to be considered classic? And if so, what is going to make them so? So let me first go ahead and play the audio of this video that I had done about classic romance fiction. I ran across an article on the internet that was the 20 most famous love stories in history uh, and literature. And being that I am a diehard romantic, I thought I gotta go read this article. Now I do have a link with this article down in the comments if you'd like to take a look at it. The thing that really struck me the most about this list of 20 greatest romantic couples was that most of them actually don't end up together. Their stories do not end up well. The majority of them uh, either, either end up dead or they end up parted somehow. So what are some of the examples? There's Romeo and Juliet. There's Cleopatra and Mark Anthony. There's Tristan and Isolde. Uh, they all end up dead. 
uh, spoiler alert, uh, and then there's some who just don't end up together. So Lancelot and Guinevere, uh, she ends up in a convent and uh, he, I don't know where he ends up. He's sort of a hermit, I think. Uh, there's Eloise and Abelard. She also ends up in a convent and he gets castrated and uh, then becomes a monk. Uh, Josephine and Napoleon, they end up divorced. Scarlet and Rhett, uh, that book doesn't end with them together either. And I know there was a follow-up book, but that book wasn't written by Margaret Mitchell, for one. Uh, the other thing is, while I do believe Scarlet would eventually win Rhett back. That is not actually how the book ends. So there's only a couple on this list that actually has a happily ever after. And that is uh, Elizabeth and Darcy from Pride and Prejudice and Jane and Rochester from Jane Eyre. Uh, the fact that this list contained so many love stories that did not end well uh, and somehow are on a li list of the 20 most famous uh, couples uh, really sort of surprised me. It made me wonder if tragedy is what makes a love story so great because this is not the only site that has a list like this. I found another one, The Traveling Book Junkie, that also had a list and that link is down there as well, uh, that was similar. It had a, it had a few extra uh, lists, but a lot of them were the same. A lot of them were ones that didn't turn out well. I think The Great Gatsby's on that list, uh, and of course, uh, he that does not end well. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, so it really made me wonder uh, what it takes to be considered a great classic love story, uh, and does it need to end badly? And then, of course, the other side of that was, well, are there any classic, what would be considered classic or literature stories out there uh, besides Pride and Prejudice and besides Jane Eyre that do end well. I know they exist, but I would argue that they're far and fewer between. Um, I've found a couple. I mean, you could consider fairy tales generally, um, maybe not necessarily in their original format, but in some of their alterations, even before they made it to Disney, uh, a lot of times they end up okay and have a sort of happily ever after in them. Um, Psyche and Cupid, uh, they end up together after a long difficult road. Um, Odysseus and Penelope also uh, end up together um, after he kills all the, the men who are trying to win her affection and tests her love for him. Uh, they end up together uh, and then of course there's the rest of the Jane Austen novels. They all end up uh, happily ever after. So I know that they exist, but I really found myself struggling to uh, think of others. And I even did some internet searches and maybe I wasn't using the right search terms, but I was having, struggling finding what would be considered classic literature that had a happy ending for a romantic couple. Now there is other classic literature that does end well, um, but I was looking specifically for literature that really was had a happy ending for a couple. And I really found that uh, hard to find. So if you know of any, uh, I would love to hear about it because obviously it's the kind of stuff that I enjoy reading. But I want to go back to the idea of like what makes a really classic romantic couple, a classic romantic story, and does tragedy have to be involved as it sort of seems like when you <laughs> look at these lists. Uh, literature in general often doesn't end well uh, and that 
to me is one of the great differences between literature and genre fiction. Now, there is a big debate about this and what is the difference. You know, one says they're plot oriented and one says they're character oriented. But the reality is a good book has to have both. It has to have really interesting characters and it has to have somewhat of a plot uh, that we are moving through. Um, and one of the reasons genre fiction is often poo-pooed is because uh, of that. It's just sort of seen as lower brow a lot of times. Even though there's a lot of great genre fiction that really talks a lot about social issues and, and you know, really brings up a lot of the things that uh, would come up in classic literature. I mean, Jane Austen, uh, written today, she might not be considered classic literature. I think part of what makes her classic is um, how she highlights life. Uh, back in the 19th century. So uh, why is it that it's these tragic love stories that are elevated uh, and the happily ever after ones are not? Now, of course, the happily ever after stories that are written today, the contemporary romances uh, of today, or I should say romances written to today's time, they might be historical romances, but you know, romances written in sort of our modern era, you know, a lot of times people poo-poo them, they think they're a lot of fluff, they don't have a lot of substance, which I don't actually agree with. Uh, but, you know, you would have a hard time uh, comparing a story, you know, written today to Jane Austen, even if they covered similar themes. Uh, so maybe it just needs to be an old love story uh, to be classic. But I really was interested in figuring out why um, are these classic old tragic love stories held in such regard as these great romances uh, and yet today you know we've got lots of wonderful romance stories and uh, people just sort of um, dismiss them. It's an interesting idea. Uh, like I said I have the links to these articles down uh, in the comments so you can check them out and you can check out the list and you know see if you agree or disagree. Again if you have uh, books that would be classic literature with a good ending for a couple uh, please leave those because I would be interested in adding those to my to be read list and if you have any thoughts about what constitutes a great love story uh, that endures all time. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that too. Now, again, if you have any thoughts about the definition of classic romance fiction, or maybe some books that you would like to see uh, beyond a list of classic romance fiction, I would love to hear about it. You can go to swoonworthyhea.com forward slash podcast where the Illicit Liaisons podcast is. Uh, there will be a blog post for this and you can uh, leave your response in the comments. I would love to hear, um, you know, I would add Persuasion. That That is my favorite Jane Austen book. Uh, I love Pride and Prejudice, but Persuasion is, is just my all-time favorite. It's A Second Chance at Love, which is my all-time favorite trope. So I, I would put that on the list, but I'd be curious to hear your feedback on that. But now moving forward, I'm wondering what sorts of romances have have been published since the new millennium, so since 2000 on, that might be in a hundred years considered a classic. And I racked my brain through all the books that I've read, uh, and there's some that I really like. There's some that I recommend people read. Some of them are kind of old, and I'm not sure they stand the test of time today as when I read them. 
Um, but I really don't know that any of them would be considered classic in a hundred years. And again, by classic, I'm thinking, okay, this is, you know, well-written book. It's a piece of literature. Uh, but also maybe we expand that to be maybe books that just had a lot of buzz around them were, you know, highly popular for their time in a hundred years or any of them going to still be around. Of course, the first book that comes to my mind is Fifty Shades of Grey. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was not a huge fan of, of that book. Um, but I'm not going to go into why. I always like to be really careful about being critical about books because, you know, I'm a writer and an author and, um, like many authors, I'm very sensitive to criticism. And I know people love it. And when it comes to fiction, romance fiction, you know, everybody has what, what they like and what they don't like. And um, Fifty Shades just wasn't something that, that I really enjoyed. Um, but with that said, in 100 years, it could be something that at least is remembered because it's so much into pop culture now. Um, and in fact, a lot of times I know myself and other people will use it as sort of um, a rating in terms of how much, how heat, how much heat there is in a book. So I often tell people my books are not Fifty Shade level um, because people have in their mind what that is. And mine don't quite reach that level. So I was thinking back in, I think it was the 1930s that Lady Shatterley's Lover came out. And um, I actually recently read that book. And for the time, I could see why people thought it was risque. Uh, today, you wouldn't think so. Um, and of course, I, I, it's hard to tell if it meets the definition of a romance. They, they do... Um, I don't want to give anything away in case you read it. Um, it's sort of like ending like um, Gone with the Wind in that while Rhett and Scarlet are together, you have this sense that Scarlet's going to win him back somehow. Lady Shatterley's Lover ends where they are committed. They do want to be together, but they are not together at that moment. So spoiler alert for that if you're going to read that. And the only reason I'm equating it now like with Fifty Shades is that like Fifty Shades, Lady Shadowly's Lover, there was a lot of buzz. And in fact, the book was banned for many, many years. Um, so maybe Fifty Shades is one that people will talk about, but will they consider it classic literature? I don't know. Uh, there's The Princess Bride, which came out in 1973, but the book is very different from the movie, and I'm not sure anybody would actually really see that uh, as, they might see it as classic fiction, but maybe not romance fiction. So I don't know. So clearly I am having a hard time identifying books that in 100 years 
people still remember. And that's not to say people won't remember authors. Will Nora Roberts be remembered in a hundred years? I'm pretty sure she is. But which book of her bazillion books will people remember? I know what I remember of her books. Uh, but I, again, I don't know that anybody else would remember those or choose those as being her best. So finally, I decided I need some help. And I went to Google and I searched, you know, what are the best romance novels right now, 2000 to present, and began to look through the list to figure out, okay, will any of these books be remembered in 100 years from now? And I'm not going to go through them all. I found a list on Goodreads, and I will include a link to this um, over at swoonworthyhea.com forward slash podcast uh, on the blog post where this show is actually posted and um i'm not gonna so you can see what they all are and if if any of the books that you love are on here i'm just gonna go through you know a few of them and share um because there's 228 so i'm i'm gonna share the ones uh top 10 or 20 maybe and uh you can see if any of these are ones that you like. Okay, so number one on the list is Twilight. Um, I, people seem to have a love-hate relationship with Twilight. When I first read it, I did not get it. Uh, then I saw the movie, and there was something about the movie that captured me, so I went back and read it again, and then I read all the books, and, and there was a time where where I really was, I was a team Edward and really enjoyed the books. And it's maybe because there are bits of it that hearken to uh, Pride and Prejudice and Jane Eyre, as Stephanie Meyer has indicated um, in, in interviews about the books. Um, I will also admit I do have Midnight Sun on my shelf uh, that I'm waiting to read. And actually... Um, uh, ever since I read the excerpt on the website, I remember thinking, why didn't she include his point of view in Twilight or write Twilight from his point of view? Because that excerpt seemed much more interesting than what I had uh, read in Twilight. So I'm eager to read that book. I hope it's pretty good. But in 100 years, are people going to be looking back at Twilight as a classic? I don't know. Um Maybe you have some thoughts about that. Will it be remembered? Maybe because it was a kind of a big thing. Um, but I don't know. Number two on the list is The Notebook. And will The Notebook be considered a classic? Maybe. But I think today most people, when they think of The Notebook, this is by Nicholas Sparks, they think of the movie. The movie definitely will be a classic movie in 100 years. But I wonder how many people who love the movie actually read the book. I don't. I really don't know. Now, some people might argue that the the way the notebook ends, maybe it doesn't fit romance fiction, but this this couple, they spend their life together. So I'm willing to accept that it's romance fiction. It really is a lot about their relationship. Um, and it, it has a lot of swooniness to it because, uh, you know, he's he has basically written his story for his wife who has dementia. So 
Um, whether it's considered a classic book in a hundred years where people, if people even remember it was a book before it was a movie, I don't know. The next book on the list is The Time Traveler's Wife, which I would not technically say is a romance just because of the way it ends. I'm trying not to give away too much because maybe you haven't read these books and you will. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't classify that. I mean, obviously there's a romance in it. It's a really intriguing and excellent book. Um, number four and five are both Black Dagger Brotherhood books by J.R. Ward. The first one is the third book, Lover Awakened, which is Zadis' book. And then the next book is Dark Lover, which is the first book, which is Wrath's book. I will admit I love these books. I have read them all except for the two sitting on my shelf waiting to be read. Um, will they be classic? I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who haven't read it. I mean, I, I talked to a lot of romance readers and I've met plenty who haven't read it. There's a lot of us who have. So I don't know. I'll be really curious to to hear what your thoughts might be on that. But I, I do love these books. Um, Dark Lover, I, I really did enjoy. Uh, number six is Smooth Talking Stranger. Uh, Travis's book number three by Lisa Claypass. Haven't read it, so I can't tell you. Would love to hear what your thoughts on that. The next two books are Briggerton books. Number one and number two, The Duke and I, The Viscount Who Loved Me by Julia Quinn. Also haven't read those, so I couldn't tell you if they might be considered classic in a hundred years. So the next on the list is Truly Madly Deeply by Faraz Kazi, which I have a book called Truly Madly Deadly. It's one of the Valentine mysteries. So that makes me think of that. Also probably not a classic, but not sure about Truly Madly Deeply by Faraz uh, because uh, again, I haven't read that one. All these seem to have lots of stars, although this one um, has a little bit less than some others and yet has... Um, shows up number nine on this list. Number 10 is Water for Elephants, which I actually really liked this book. The movie was okay too. I really like Christoph Waltz in it. The book was uh, really interesting because it was about the circuses during the depression and stuff. There was also prohibition and I just, I just really enjoyed this book, but I would not call it a romance, even though, um, the couple at the end does, they end up having a life together and everything. To me, the romance wasn't really the focus of, of the books. So I'm not sure that I would include that as a romance. Will it be seen as a classic in 100 years? Maybe, but I don't know about classic in um, romance literature. Okay, so uh, Levin is Devil in Winter, Wallflowers, book number three, again by Lisa Claypath. Don't know that one. Bet Me by Jennifer Cruzy. This book I have read, I think I've pretty much read everything by Jennifer Cruzy. She is a lot like Janet Ivanovich in terms of the quirkiness and humor in a romance and I really liked Bet Me. It, I don't know that it's my favorite Jennifer Cruzy books, but I really did like it. Again, whether or not it's going to be a classic, I don't know. 
I, I think sometimes Jennifer Cruzy was a little ahead of her time. Um, and even Susan Elizabeth Phillips, she also has a lot of humor. And now we have all these rom-com novels where we're seeing that. And I really feel like the start of that was Jennifer Cruzy and uh, Susan Elizabeth Phillips, because uh, those books do make me laugh. Okay, Someone to Watch Over Me is number 13 by Judith McNaught. Also haven't read that. And then, of course, we're back to two more Black Dagger Brotherhood books. We've got the second book, Love Eternal, and then book number seven, Lover Avenged. Halfway to the Grave, Night Huntress number one by Janine Frost. And um, I feel like I read that or I bought it. I can't. The fact that I can't remember it. Uh, suggest I didn't read it. So I'll have to go look on my shelf to see if I have it and just haven't read it. Uh, then we, number 17, Sugar Daddy, the Travis's book number one by Lisa Claypass. Again, haven't, I haven't read anything by her and she's actually number 18 as well. The Blue-Eyed Devil, Travis's book two. 19, A Slave to Sensation, A Psy Changeling, number one by uh, Nalini Singh. Um, haven't read that one either, uh, but Psy Changeling sounds really intriguing. And then The Darkest Night is number 20, The Lords of the Underworld, number one by Gina Showalter. And I do believe I've read something by Gina Showalter, but not in that series. Okay, I'm not going to go through all of them because there are 228 of them. I've gone through like the first 98 or something of them. There were a couple other notable books on here. Interestingly enough, the first Nora Roberts book doesn't pop up until about number 44, uh, The Black Rose. And there are several other books uh, beyond that. None of them are the books I would pick. So there you go. Um, number 27, Match Me If You Can, Susan Elizabeth Phillips. I had just mentioned her. I do enjoy her books. My favorites have been the ones about the Stars uh, football team. Uh, but she has some other really good ones in there as well. Number 28 is Bridget Do Jones, Helen Fielding. Will that one be a classic? Certainly one maybe people remember, again, because there is a movie. And again, maybe Bridget Jones was one of the first uh, rom-com uh, romances. I, of course, love that it pays homage to Pride and Prejudice with Mr. Darcy. I think it's awesome. Uh, number 92, we have A Discovery of Witches, uh, which I read. Uh, that is a three-book series. I read the first book. I started the second book and um, didn't really get through it, so I didn't finish the last book. I enjoy Discovery of Witches, and maybe it's a book that people will remember as time goes on, but I wouldn't have really called it a romance, even though uh, there is a romance in it, Diana, Matthew. It is basically a story about them, uh, but uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on, and I don't know. I, I wouldn't classify that as a romance in the same way as some of these other things. And there's a lot of part in those books, while interesting, sometimes they do get a little bit too bogged down in the details and the history, particularly in the second book. It's partly why I didn't finish the second book. 
So anyways, I will have a link to this list over at swoonworthy.com on the blog post that this podcast episode is listed in. And so you can go ahead and look at it and see what you think. And again, the goal here was to try and find books written in the 2000s till now that in 100 years from now might be considered classic romance fiction. I don't know that I have found any, but I would be interested to hear what your thoughts might be about books 100 years from now, what people are going to remember um, or still be reading or recommending 100 years from now based on books that come out today. Thank you so much for listening in to Elicit Liaisons today. I hope you enjoyed the show and please come and participate in the discussion. You can do so by visiting swoonworthyhea.com, clicking on the podcast link and uh, any show that you listen to. You can uh, let me know in the comments what you think or your ideas. And of course, we have a whole bunch of other groups and things going on over at Swoonworthy. HEA.com that you can participate in as well. If you enjoy this podcast, I hope that you will uh, click that you enjoy it and then subscribe and follow it. Maybe even leave a review. Would totally love that. So until next time, this is Jenna Hart wishing you peace, love, and happily ever after. Mm-hmm.